1: program is presented by the nerdy show podcast network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse all nerdy show programming is made possible by a comic shop orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you to learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming visit nerdyshow.com
0: hello my name is julian glover i'm an english actor as you can hear and i'm appearing
1: on the nerdy show Welcome to State of the Empire, nerdy show's Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Matt. And, uh, oh man, there's such an awakening going on. You may have, have noticed... Have you felt it? I,
2: I, I, have, I, have, <laughs> I have
1: felt it. I have so felt it, because you may have noticed this State of the Empire episode's coming hot on the heels of the previous State of the Empire episode. Mm-hmm. This may be a reoccurring thing that happens until the film comes out in December. We don't know, but, uh, but stay, I hope so. <laughs> stay tuned for, uh, for all the State of the Empire that you can handle. The reason we're here today is because the latest deluge of Star Wars information has come in the form of the Disney Convention D23. And Matt, you were there as a VIP, I might
2: add. Uh, you know, not a big deal. I'm currently brushing my shoulder, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, D D twenty three was was wonderful and a great experience, not just as a Star Wars fan, of course, but also as a as a Disney fan. And
3: uh Is yeah. it true that you were uh uh able to breathe the same air as George Lucas?
2: Yeah, he actually only a couple of yards in front of me, the maker himself. Like that was <laughs> that was really that was actually my favorite part of D twenty three was hearing George Lucas reveal the big secret that no one has ever realized or known besides himself, and he stared right into Bob Iger's eyes while he said it, he said that Jar Jar Binks was based on Goofy. And he even said it himself, now that you know this, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> and you know, and then he said, uh, you know, I, I love Goofy and I love Jar Jar Binks. And it's like, man, that, like, the man has always said for years that he was you know, a big fan of the Disney company. And that's the most obvious, like, you know. I, I'm surprised I didn't put that together, or nobody else did.
3: No, well, no, I did put it together because that was a deleted scene from my uh, hard truth with Doug segment about Jar Jar Banks being uh, better than Chewbacca. I literally had I, I had it written I had a slide for it if you, I could go I could show you the original slides for the it was it was part of my my the linchpin ending of the entire rant that I go on and we recorded. I, 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 think,
2: it I think your midichlorian count, Doug, is as high as George's. Then. Yeah, <laughs> it would
3: have to be because I, I swear it was in there and I, I, like it, it it wasn't even me saying oh George must have taken inspiration but I was literally at the very end going to throw up a picture of Goofy. And put it next to Jar Jar Binks And I will say if you hate this one Then you hate this one And then I, <laughs> I dissolve it Into a picture that Disney released For Star Wars Weekends where it's goofy Dressed as Jar Jar Binks like an official photo that's the
2: strangest part it's like that's that's a figure that they've sold for star wars yeah
3: and i'm like to me it it just that sealed the deal so i was just like you know there you go but now that george that george himself
1: confirmed it i'm like well
3: yet again uh you know yet again i'm calling it and it's happening
1: uh first of all if you haven't checked out doug's video series hard Truths with doug uh we'll link to on this episode's page and the the debut um argument was that uh Jar Jar Banks is better than Chewbacca, which Doug doesn't believe, but made a very convincing argument. Yeah. It's um, it's
3: like my Stephen Colbert uh uh not really me, but still my real name uh character. Yeah. I don't actually believe it, but it, it makes for it makes for fun. How,
1: however, Doug, we recorded that segment twice. We have two different versions yeah. of it, and neither time did you insert this. So I mean yeah. it's as good as it didn't happen. Yeah, you, it's, it's my fault for not just going through with it.
2: That that sounds like it's calling for a uh uh, special edition, a third special version. Edition. Yeah, special edition.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do a special edition. We're gonna have to
1: insert it at the end. Uh, just repurpose the other two. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll CGI both of those two extremely different looking videos together. Yeah, <laughs> and you can awkwardly jump cut as you like step over the other version of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Matt, uh, I actually haven't got a chance. I know a lot of things that came out of D twenty three like all the news that has been pouring out of there chances are you've seen some of it online uh everybody's listening to this but uh, i haven't talked to you about actually like being there what it was like how it went down uh give us the narration and uh let's and then let's talk about all the crazy stuff that we learned well
2: i mean certainly just atmosphere wise in the main hall i mean you know disney has a lot of things going on pretty much everything in the world that's entertainment based you know as as part of d23 and yet Every time they mentioned Star Wars, I mean, you know, you thought there was like a, a loud round of applause when they introduced uh, Civil War, and then they they brought out you know Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie, and they showed us a clip and everything else, and then they got to Star Wars, and Iger said the the phrase Star Wars, and people went freaking nuts. I mean, I, I mean, it's obvious it's going to be the biggest thing ever, but I don't think people understand that it's going to be like the actual biggest thing ever. But um, the Rogue One cast photo, shockingly, yeah. by the way, because I I, I, I don't know, Doug, you might be able to, to speak on this, but there's sort of like a weird, what are people actually like more excited for kind of debate, at least among more hardcore yeah. Star Wars fans, like the idea yeah. of a movie that takes place during like the classic era, like Rogue One, mm. which is more enticing to me, to be honest, or the continuing saga. And shockingly, I think everybody was way more hyped about Force Awakens information. Then the Rogue One cast photo kind of came and went. You know, people were kind of, you know, straining their heads to see because there wasn't a lot of official casting announcements, I believe, except for, uh, for Felicity.
3: Hmm. Well, maybe it's just because a lot of people aren't really that... Because, you know, you got to remember, we got to see the teaser at Celebration. We were there in the room. I mean, when we were there at Celebration, I mean, that fucking room exploded. I mean, it was insane. It was, uh, it, it was, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And we got all the information. We got the build up to the teaser. We got to see concept artwork. We got. I mean, uh, uh, Gareth Edwards was on stage, and it was just it was was, everything about it was just right. But for you know D twenty three, half the people in that room may not have even known that Rogue One was existing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you were there, so you you can gauge the room obviously better than I can. You know, but I just I just think like the average person on the street is not even aware that Rogue One is even happening, and for those who are aware that it's happening i i just i don't know they 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 haven't seen the same amount of stuff that we have so i can i can understand why more people on average are excited for episode you know seven because it's so i mean it's 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 everywhere and it's going to be even
1: bigger well this rogue one announcement it was it was actually it was it was great uh for starters um we were right about a thing yeah <laughs> so that was awesome <laughs> uh-huh. um it, it, it's a beautiful cast photo, like really just like gritty, different looking, like you've never oh, yeah. seen a Star Wars film like this before. We'll link to, of course, all the things we're talking about on this episode's page, but this beautiful cast photo, the desperation
3: in their, in their faces. It's
1: just like, I mean, it's completely sold me. It looks like we're doing a female lead film mm-hmm. with Felicity Jones at the lead. And it's an incredible ensemble cast of characters. And the thing we were right about, which really thanks to consequences sounds tip to this was Donnie Yen, being in the film rather than being in uh, episode eight starring alongside Harrison Ford. Yeah, as, that all sounded that really Chinese weird.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, but that's what we figured. We figured that it, ha- they, it must have just been mistaken because Rogue One is filming
1: now, and that just made the most sense. Yeah. It's got Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, Jang Nguyen, Forrest Whitaker, Mads Michelson, Alan Tujik's playing a mocap character of some kind, and uh, also uh, Riz Ahmed. And, I mean, it's a really crazy cast of people of both notable up-and-comers and comers and uh, legends in their own field, yeah. and so I'm, on. I'm especially excited to see Forrest Whitaker in a Star Wars movie. Right? It's just like
3: weird is that? But that sounds awesome. The same way it's like Max von Sydow's in a Star Wars movie. Like, this is, it's...
2: By the way, they, like, Max von Sydow, it fits. You know, that sort of, like, respected older actor that, whether it was a Peter Cushing like or an Alec Guinness Lee. or Christopher Lee, Max von hmm. Sydow kind of, like, fits in that mold. But some of the people, I mean, I, I think it's a great kind of international different cast for Rogue One. And the best part about these spinoff movies is that they are a place to try new and experimental Star Wars stories that are of a different tone because, you know, people obviously want to wax nostalgic over the the main saga. And it makes me feel better about Episode 7 possibly being a retread of old ideas and old tropes and everything else because you can do the really different things in these spinoff movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's catch that. Um, we're still calling them spinoff films. They were unveiled anthology. as anthology films. Doug, have, have you seen? Seen what? They're not anthology films anymore. They very discreetly during D23 changed the branding. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, the new logo that just appears in this Rogue One article on StarWars.com, Rogue One, and then where, where it said Star uh-huh. Wars anthology film, it says, a Star Wars story. And, no. And, and also, I mean, just
2: to... to verify that that's going to be the name of the the series is that on they put up one of those timelines that are now very big at like things like comic-con like how marvel has yeah and in the i guess the 2018 slot where the the lord and miller film will be it was just labeled a star wars story what the
1: fuck and i just you know i get it in some respects because the the anthology nomenclature they're only an anthology when you collect them all together when it's by itself, it's not an anthology. Right, it's right. a single thing. It's but a pe- like a it's- Star Wars story, right? And the, but then like, so I understand why they change it because it's not necessarily right. But then, a Star Wars story like that's that sounds lame. Yeah, that's it's fucking stupid sounding. So it,
2: it's interesting. It, uh, it fits better within like every single thing that Disney was doing in their different presentations was about how everything they do is storytelling. Like that was like the theme. Whether it was the theme parks, and you have your own story, which actually ties heavily into Star Wars uh, Land,
1: which we'll talk about more. Yeah, yeah. This the Star Wars theme park has been unveiled, <laughs>
2: and the best part about the unveiling the the weird sort of thing that they talk more about the at the theme park panel, which was later after the announcement, which was during the live action movie panel, is they talk about how this expansion the idea is that you come in with your own story that it's so authentic an experience with aliens just hanging out in the cantinas and droids going down the sidewalks that you should have the experience of being a visitor to this planet whether you want to be a pirate or a smuggler or a rebel or whatever it is and then you have a journey during your you have an actual narrative sort of through line throughout the entire thing
1: yeah, so that's, Matt, Matt's right there, that crazy thing he just said. He is, in fact, talking about Star Wars land.
2: So, basically, I, I like the idea of calling it a Star Wars story based on what Disney's trying to do of everything is kind of, you know, storytelling. I don't know if the name's perfect, but I kind of get what they're going for. I don't think you'll actually oh, yeah, hear I- them refer to it as a Star Wars story very often.
1: I, I think that the nomenclature is probably going to entirely go away uh, once they got a couple of these under their belt. Like, they just they won't, no one will say it aloud. No one will speak it, uh, except for like, you know, press conferences and convention stuff. And then it'll just kind of quietly go away because no one needs that branding as long as there's not a number, a Roman numeral number at that, in front of a Have film, you noticed you
2: know. that Disney never calls it Episode 7? All the official they stuff is just yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens.
1: Because they wanted to get that international branding for places where Star Wars isn't really uh, much of a thing. So why don't they just call it Star
3: Wars Rogue One? Like, why a Star Wars story? Why not just Star Wars Rogue One?
2: I actually assume that they, they weren't using the Seven to avoid uh, tying it into to prequels.
1: Also possible. I get that the theme of what they're doing is good, but like, it's just a really dinky way to, to present
3: but it. Yeah, I, I, but, but for real, though, like, just say Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, like just that's all you need to say. It's like, well, they're going to be confused about it being out of order. Well, then if you you think if you're afraid they're going to be confused about being out of order, then why did you not say Episode seven? Why just say Star Wars The Force Awakens? And I I would imagine they went there not necessarily to distance themselves from their prequels, but because the original Star Wars was Star Wars, then Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. Like they didn't even call them like they didn't even say Star Wars in front of each of them. It was just return the jedi empire strikes back if if, if we could go go
2: back to a day where sequels didn't have to have the name as a like a tie-in i would just that would make me so happy i would do backflips i miss (laughs) sequels that are completely unrelated in name to the first one i think we just we treat everybody like idiots so why yeah
3: so why not just like again there's like the force awakens it's it's oh empire jedi Awakens, Like, we know what we're talking <clears throat> about.
1: I, I, think, I think we're getting to that. I mean, after all, uh, uh, Avengers was Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, it was only Avengers 2 early in a production.
2: I mean, they're calling it Captain America, like, Civil War, but how much better would the movie be if it was just called Civil War? Like, I mean, quite frankly, the movie, I mean, just based on... I mean, it barely seems Captain America-centric like centric anyway, considering how many people are showing up. But, like... I don't know. I just, I just appreciate when a, a title doesn't have to relate to the film previous.
3: Well, We're still so early in this giant franchise monstrosity of of Marvel and Star Wars. I just think before long, it's just going to start doing that because it's it's still finding its footing, you know, in terms of like, oh, the movie franchise. How do we number this? How do we tie it all in together when other characters making other appearances? Uh, let's just say Captain America because we need a third Captain America movie and he'll be the main character or whatever. But, but I think you're right. Like, they could have just called it Civil War. Does it need to be in one film franchise or another. Like, it's just Marvel at this point. It doesn't need to be attached to one hero. But I think the same can go for Star Wars. Like, you know, you don't need... I don't, I don't even think you need Star Wars Rogue One. Just say Rogue One. You look at it, you know it's Star Wars.
2: Well, it, what's interesting is that it won't be Star Wars Rogue One ever. It's just because of the whole a Star Wars story. I think when spoken aloud by even... I mean, the way it was, at least at, the, at T23, it was just called Rogue One. I mean, they never... They never talked about a Star Wars story. They never said Star Wars Rogue One. It was always Rogue One. Uh, let's
1: talk about Star Wars land. It's kind of the elephant in the room at this point. Yeah, 14 uh, acres? Yeah. There's, uh, there's concept art that's online right now. We'll link to, to where you can see that stuff. And uh, as I said, 14 acres, it, it is the largest expansion um, that's ever been a single theme thing uh, added on to Disney and it's coming to both Anaheim, Disneyland Anaheim and to Hollywood studios in Orlando. It's even been rumored that,
3: uh, Disney Hollywood studios might change its name again. Weird. Not not necessarily to fit in with star Wars, but the fact that not just star Wars is getting a land expansion, but also the Pixar area is going to get an expansion as well as the toy story mania ride. The ride itself is going to be expanded. Yeah, they,
2: they actually did. Uh, Disney had said, uh, they're going to rename it after all the major expansions are done. They said that at a shareholders meeting a couple months ago.
1: Oh, I'm curious. Okay. Where, I'm curious where they're going to take it, though. Yeah, it seems Hollywood Studios is, you know, succinct enough. But yeah, but you know, I mean, but if movie it's- mania, movie <laughs> mania. I actually got a hold of a um a one sheet like info flyer that was given out to employees of Disney World, and <laughs> the like uh, probably for the first time in in forever the thing was broken down by park, Hollywood studios, animal kingdom, Epcot magic kingdom. Um, Hollywood studios is like half the page and the other things. <laughs> wow. That it, park's been hurting for so long. I'm so happy to see it like finally get its, uh, get its due. So it's getting, uh, two what they call signature attractions, um, including a customized secret mission on the millennium Falcon. Um, and, uh, what they vaguely described as an epic Star Wars adventure that puts guests in the middle of a climactic battle, which kind of sounds like Star Tours, but Star Tours is getting updated too. They're expanding the randomized roster of destinations you can go to with stuff from Force Awakens. That's definitely going to be pretty cool. And characters. Right, and characters. And I don't know when that's going to be happening, but I imagine that of all the things happening, that could happen sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly easy.
3: I mean, once they have the footage, what they want to do, they just put it in there. Just put it in the mix. They don't have to rebuild the ride. That was the whole point of uh, Star Tours back when George first wanted to build it. Yeah. That he wanted to be a
1: constantly changing thing. So now that vision's finally coming true, too, which is awesome. Matt, what was it like when they announced this thing at D23?
2: A lot of people in shock, which is, you know, kind of strange considering I think that was the most expected thing to come out of this. Because, you know, Abrams and Ke- Kathleen Kennedy had kind of downplayed the amount of things we'll get about The Force Awakens there. So it was like, well, they're still planning on announcing a lot of. You know, like there was definitely a Star Wars buzz, so I would have thought that that would be kind of where that went. But I mean, people went Actually, the biggest kind of uh, reaction that the entire thing got was when they said it was going to be in Anaheim, also, because that was the big surprise. I don't think anybody was expecting that.
1: Right. I don't know where they're even going to. put I,
2: If I had to guess, they're going to build over Toontown. Because I mean, it's oh. yeah. It, it from from what I've heard, they might kind of wrap around between I mean I don't know how familiar you are with Disneyland, but like there's like a an open uh theater space that's kind of next to Thunder Mountain Railroad. And it you could kind of like, I guess, go around fantasy land and connect it over to, to town But I you know, 14 acres, I have to say, if I have one gripe about everything, the wizarding world of Harry Potter at Universal, which I actually don't think is like I mean, I think it's, it's a large area, but you know, I, you know, they didn't like, expand the park or anything. That's 20 acres. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking something that's less than 75% the size of the... You know, and that's just the, the one area, the Islands of Adventure, you know, not counting... The, uh, area. Wait, yeah.
1: wait, 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 wait. Anyone who's, who's at Universal for Harry Potter is throwing down big time to get that double park pass so you can get the full experience with the train ride and all that, but riding between the two parks. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, that only the wizarding world, only the first part, Home not Di- made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So o- the, only that is 20 acres, and that's not including Diagon. Correct. Jesus, this should have been bigger.
2: I, that's crazy. Been, and yeah. and now, now I'm starting to wonder, the teaser, I mean, they, they showed a teaser video. I actually am completely unaware if they posted that teaser video online.
1: I haven't seen that at all. Okay, yeah, it, I didn't know it, it existed.
2: Well, if they were thinking about this, it, it, it was terrible. <laughs> Basically, that... <laughs> It was a CG rendering of that one piece of concept art that's online of the Millennium Falcon coming in. Okay. And there's no Falcon in it. And then some TIE Fighters fly by, which, by the way, looked like original era TIE Fighters. But from every indication and things they've mentioned, I think it is going to be Force Awakens era. Because they did mention the, the, the one attraction you would be going up against the First Order. And that's it. The TIE Fighters fly by. The thing's not even 30 seconds long. I think it's 15 seconds. It was not very good. But it looks exactly like that concept art, which means that's what I think it's like the land is going to be. And if you really look at the concept art, while it looks large, the actual areas that you see people walking in, it it looks like a plaza. Like it's just one open air area with some buildings surrounding it, like a kind of a a U-shape, I guess. And there's a, bunch yeah, of, I mean, there's a bunch of buildings in the background that, if we know anything about Disney, they are really good at making things look, you know, like basically that doesn't have to be accessible areas. Right. I'm trying not to be a naysayer because, I, <laughs> you know, I, I absolutely adore Star Wars. But if there's something I'm going to nitpick about is that I don't think the area is going to be that big.
3: Well, uh, at least at Hollywood Studios, they got plenty of room to make more in the future. Yes. And- like if they want to make it a second thing to expand it. All they got to do is keep building backwards.
2: And, and I really hope they do, there. and I hope it's dynamic. Because that's the other thing, too, is Universal did an amazing job with the Harry Potter areas. And yeah. they probably, the Imagineers at Disney, really want to outdo it. So hopefully, you know, there's something there. The way they were talking about this land was they're currently casting for just aliens. They want, they want it to be so immersive of an experience that no one ever breaks character, that they're just going to be casting, you know, the equivalent of Dr. Evazan and, and Ponda Baba to, like, sit in the cantina and just do their thing and interact with guests doing their thing. And they've, you know, they really want you to have a Star Wars adventure when you arrive on this planet, which is an unnamed new planet to the Star Wars universe, which is really cool, too. You know, I'm happy we're not... Like, when I, when I thought we were getting a Star Wars land, I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be Tatooine land and Hoth and a little bit of Endor and all those familiar things. It's kind of cool that, you know, it's a completely, for lack of a better term, alien experience.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And I'm thrilled by this development of, like, all they're saying about the, the immersion because it's like, right now in the UK, Secret Cinema's uh, Empire Strikes Back presentation is happening. That's If you remember last year, we raved on on Nerdy Show about their Back to the Future experience, which I was fortunate enough to be able to attend, um, where they made a third-scale version of Hill Valley that was fully immersive with actors and explorable and events happening all around you. So right now, something at that scale for Empire Strikes Back is going on. Uh, We barely know the details ourselves. We're actually going to have a guest come on and uh, and share the experience with us. And in fact, uh, on the Nerdy Show forums... Aven wrote in to say they're actually flying from Alaska to London to go see this thing. Uh, you live it up for all of us. Yeah, we, we wish we could be there so badly. So, but but this is like there's things out in the world happening right now, really emphasizing real world immersion. Now, mm-hmm. virtual reality and, and who knows how much time could make all this obsolete. But for right now, at this moment in time, fully creating a world is the thing. And Harry Potter does a bit of it with, like, they got these, like, wands that you can interact with the world with mm-hmm. and so on. So Disney is definitely going to step it up with this. I love the sound of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a huge Star Wars fan, uh, but, and, and I'm not, but I'm not that big of a Harry Potter fan. I don't hate it. I've just It just isn't the same. But I have to admit, man, when you step into Diagon Alley and you turn around, you know, 360 degrees above you, below you, all around you, it's nothing but Diagon Alley. It, it, uh, it sweeps you away.
2: I, I, I completely agree with you. It, it's very impressive, and I'm not into Harry Potter at all.
3: Yeah, and when you go to Diagon Alley, and you're immersed like that, and then you get on a train, and you're immersed on the train, and you get off the train, and you're in another Harry Potter. It's like Inception. It's like you go in a thing, in a thing, in a thing, and you're so deep in this Harry Potter lore. It, it, it's as close to feeling real as it could possibly be. My only complaint is that it's in Florida and it's hot as hell okay. and you're in Hogsmeade and there's like supposed to be snow on the ground and there's people running around with fanny packs, you know, and, uh, and, and jorts and, uh, and Crocs <laughs> and that, that ruins it for me, but not to where I don't enjoy myself. It's just, it's just sort of it's just that little reminder that you're, you know, you're in the middle of Florida and it's really hot. So the one cool thing I like about the designs of Star Wars so far is that it's a planet we're not really familiar with and it looks kind of like a tro- it
1: looks sub- <laughs> subtropic
3: to temperate zone. It
1: looks kind of like Florida. In fact, it actually looks a lot like one of the um, African plaza spaces in Animal Kingdom.
3: Yeah, so it's, it seems like uh, at least the weather... Won't be a problem. They know it's probably going to rain a lot. So, you're, in you're, fact, uh, there's some rain clouds in, some, in most of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but but yeah. So, it, it, it might, it, at least that won't throw you. So, the only thing, if we're talking aliens and, and the, taking the elements into um, account, then the only thing that's going to throw me is uh, is the strollers. My <laughs> God, the strollers at Disney, especially strollers everywhere.
2: Two other kind of like the things that I, I just kind of recollecting about the whole. Uh, Star Wars land is that we're going to get an idea of how this is going to proceed with Disney at the helm with the opening of Avatar World whenever that's going to be because they're going with the same thing like they have an actual narrative thing and I'm once again that's another one I'm not that into Avatar but the stuff that Disney is is proposing as far as immersion is looking really really awesome I mean everything from bioluminescent um, floor padding so that, you know, it's not just that the, like the ground's not just going to light up. It's, it, it'll, like, light up in the shape of your footprint as your foot lifts off. Like, it, it's, wow. it's crazy, the stuff that the Imagineers are coming with, and they have all these, like, well-rigged mountains that will look like they're floating because they'll all kind of be, like, rigged together, and you'll be able to walk under them. And, like, and it's the whole, the idea is that with the two, just like Star Wars Land is going to have, like, two attractions that kind of, are chronologically unimportant into, you know, it'll still form your narrative while you're there, but it doesn't really matter how you approach them. Avatar Land is also going to have that, where they'll have a ride that's based on the whole, like, the passage into Navi society that Sam Worthington's character, uh, uh, like, endures while, like I say, it's not, it's because that
3: sounds like a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) Cameron, it it was interesting because he even said, he's like, this isn't about Avatar the movie. This is about you coming to visit Pandora. You won't be living Sam Worthington's character's story.
1: Are they going to have hair braiding kiosks there? Because that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah,
2: probably. <laughs> like, it, it's cool because have- he he even he he stressed that, like, you are going to be living your own story that takes place after the first Avatar film in which, you know, it's kind of like what what society's conflicts will be on Pandora post, you know, like, you know, things are better because, you know, the, the kind of military has been defeated and people of whatever, you know, but. The, the immersion thing is going to be really, really cool, and we're going to get to see it before Star Wars Land opens.
3: I just hope they have some kind of suicide prevention hotline phone somewhere in the center of it, because if people flip their shit <laughs> and were depressed after seeing the movie in 3D on IMAX, what's going to happen you when know? you get a depressed person yep. walking into the it's park? It's funny,
2: I actually thought about that, too, um, when Cameron was talking about how the, the thing that, we always, that he always heard post the movie coming out was not... You know, he actually, I mean, like, not really about the story. It was it was that people wanted to go visit Pandora, that they wanted to just be there. And, you know, for what he was trying to accomplish with the technology on that film, I actually think that he's happier about that than people thinking that it was a good story. Because he went out to didn't. make an immersive world <laughs> in cinema, and he did.
1: Yeah, that, is, that is something. Yeah. And, I, hell, I... Really, you had me at bioluminescent flooring. I'll go. <laughs> I, 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 and I think an avatar land in, at Animal Kingdom is a stupid fucking idea, especially because uh, it was a space that they should have been using for mythological creatures as they originally designed with the park mm-hmm. ages yeah. ago. But hey. Well, it's, it's um, a whole
2: movement that they're trying to make Animal Kingdom a, a night park now because it, it usually closes at 5 p.m. Very rarely is it open later than that. It's just kind of like a you know, day at the zoo. You do it on Sunday and then drive back to your home. But now I guess the whole thing is that they're taking this approach that nature doesn't stop at night. It actually is a whole different type of you know, natural environment. That's, and so they're, they're embracing that, and Avatar is going to be part of that.
1: That's actually really exciting to hear. I was surprised to see that they, in, the, in this one sheet that I have, that they, they announced that their Kilimanjaro safaris are actually having a nighttime variation. Yep. And I was oh. like, what the heck? That's weird. No one's Bush gardens. Never did that. That
3: sounds kind of cool. Cause I'll tell you what, I'll tell you one thing when you would go to universal for Halloween horror nights and you ride jaws at night. Yeah. that think was fucking cool. That, yeah. That was the <laughs> fucking best. <laughs> it was, it was, I couldn't believe how much scarier it was
1: just with the lights off. R- RIP pouring out for jaws guys. Yep. Do it right now. I'm watching. <laughs> uh, so there's one more thing about B- Disney parks. Uh, Star Wars Weekends, I think, are a thing of the past, because now we've got Season of the Force, mm-hmm. and it's beginning in early 2016, and it's the new Star Wars uh, Weekends. It's... Um, Smart move by Disney, because y- that they made bank yeah, every time. It's expansive. They're actually rebranding and doing, I don't know what different stuff to some of their rides including hyperspace mountain i think
2: it's kind of the star wars version of the holiday total conversion they do at disneyland here where you know they 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 switch over the haunted mansion to be nightmare before christmas and space mountain becomes ghost galaxy and they do like different projections on the walls to make it seem like you're not flying through space but you're flying through like this like (laughs) hell space (laughs) i guess Um, Uh,
1: it's fucking event horizon yeah
2: and so so basically that's actually a perfect way to describe it (laughs) Um, and you know and the park generally becomes a Halloween themed park and I think Season of the Force it will just be a new seasonal event they'll be doing a a new projection for Space Mountain they actually did say that and I have a feeling like like, the technology the projection is not that great for Ghost Galaxy but like I think because it's kind of old but I think it'll probably look really good for Hyperspace Mountain and I I don't know I think the park will just be kind of flipped over to Star Wars weekends, but, like, on crack and on a more long-term basis.
1: It's an exciting prospect. Um, and, and there's lots of other, like, nuanced things, like Jedi training getting more in line with Rebels and stuff like that.
3: I want it for adults. <laughs> Jedi training for adults. Yeah, forget it. I'll just start drinking at the canteen and call it my smug training. <laughs> you go somewhere, and it's just a little puppet of you going, He's too old! <laughs> just, just, too old to start the training.
2: Actually, they, they, they should do an adult one, and at the end, like a Sith comes out and cuts down your master right in front of you. You'd be the real (laughs) dull experience.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the Skywalker experience, the Luke Skywalker experience. Mm -hmm. Just seeing your Mm -hmm. masters die
1: over and over. Okay, so let's switch gears to the numeric Star Wars films. I'm talking about episode seven and episode uh, nine, actually. Oh, boy. (laughs) We'll do nine first. There's, there's not much to say about Nine except for a bunch of grumbling. <laughs> Colin Trevorrow, the director of Safety Not Guaranteed and Megafilm Jurassic World, is the director for Star Wars Episode Nine. Episode Nine comes out in 2019 and uh, production won't begin for a few years, but Trevorrow is already meeting with people at Lucasfilm, uh, artists, and so on to uh, get things together. Kathleen Kennedy says she's been a fan of his since uh, she saw Safety Not Guaranteed, which I've actually never seen. I've heard nice things about. And, well, um, as you may know from previous content, uh, both bonus material from our nerdy show Patreon and, and also The Last State of the Empire to some degree, uh, Jurassic World is uh, not a popular film amongst uh, the State of the Empire crew. No, not at all. Um, in fact, Matt, sometimes it makes you so mad you can't speak. Yeah, no, no. I... <clears throat>
3: Sorry. <laughs> I mean, Colin Trevorrow, he's he's probably a great no, guy, I, y- probably a great guy, <laughs> and, and 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 I don't I don't entirely blame him for for my dissatisfaction, uh, with with Jurassic World, so we'll just have to see uh, what happens with Star Wars.
2: Yeah, I you know I I, I saw him do a panel after a, a screening of the movie, and he I it, like he seems like a very smart guy. He seems like actually. Like if I hadn't seen the movie right before, you know, right before the panel, I would have thought, "Man, Jurassic World's gonna be freaking awesome!" And certainly, the guy has a good grip on directing great production design because I actually love that part of Jurassic World. future to see. I want him to design Star Wars Land. <laughs> you know, like he obviously has a handle on theme parks. But I, I have actually not seen Safety uh, Not Guaranteed. Um, I probably should. But yeah, I I'm worried this decision is based off of like does is it because Kathleen Kennedy really likes him or is it because Frank Marshall really likes him because he produced Jurassic World
1: or is it because Jurassic World made
2: a yeah, ton kind of money I I I that is my belief on yeah why he is directing this movie because
1: Kathleen Kennedy goes on to say that like. Um, the power of Fish Not Guaranteed, paired with the enormous success of Jurassic World, speaks volumes about his abilities, both as a storyteller and a skilled filmmaker. One of those two is correct. I wish that was true. <laughs> um, in fact, Jurassic World might actually detract from any actual skill he has in those fields. Yeah. I mean, he did get... He did have to share writing credit with three other people. Yeah.
3: So, I can't, again, I can't entirely blame him because... My problem with Jurassic World uh, was just mostly with the, the writing. I mean, like, like uh, Matt, like you say, like, the, the design of it, I mean, the, even, even the, uh, the wardrobe, like, everything about it, like, all the selections made throughout was, I was like, oh, that's fine, that's good, mm-hmm. I just don't like what they're saying, and I don't like what they're doing, but everything else about it uh, was,
1: was cool to me, but just disappointing. Uh, he says, this is not a job or an assignment. It's a seat at a campfire surrounded by an extraordinary group of storytellers, filmmakers, artists, and craftspeople. We've been charged with telling new stories for a younger generation because they deserve what we all had, a mythology to call their own. We will do this by channeling something George Lucas instilled in all of us, boundless creativity, pure invention, and hope. A Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> if you will.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't know how to approach... like. Episode 9, and as of right now, he's not affiliated with the, the screenplay for Episode 9. It's being written, I, I mean, last I heard, I thought, wasn't Ryan Johnson writing 9? But I guess now he's only doing Episode 8? He, I guess
1: he was never confirmed for 9. We were hearing that he was probably... <sighs> uh,
2: apparently now they're apparently- saying story treatment. Which I guess it's important to have, you know, the, you know, the major kind of, where is this story going after J.J. Abrams sets it up.
3: Right,
1: but, Well, it's interesting because uh, it was revealed that uh, during the D23 weekend uh, how, how loose everything was with story and how actually loose it still is. They, kinda, they know roughly where they're headed, but they don't have the rest of it, I guess, worked out yet. Um, Kennedy says, we know where we're going, but only in the broadest sense. When Ryan came in and started writing his script, he started from scratch. Other than knowing what we had done in episode seven, and projecting out where he was going. He then sat down and put pen and paper, and it's 100% him.
2: That's cool. I mean, I I don't like the idea of, of, you know, plotting out three movies, you know, without an idea... uh, Without, you know, knowing if they're going to be adaptable to, like, oh, wait, this is a better idea.
3: I I, I like the idea of Colin Trevorrow directing someone else's screenplay more than Ryan Johnson directing his own screenplay. And I don't... I, I, I know... I realize... I'm listening to myself and I sound like a real cynical asshole, <laughs> but, 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 but I, they just, Disney had just happened to pick two directors that, uh, while I can respect for what they've done in the past, uh, their, their latest efforts before star Wars just were disappointing to me. And I that's probably just my personal taste. That's, that's fine. I'm willing to accept that, but, uh, I just don't know, man. I don't know. Whereas at least with star Trek into darkness, I was disappointed with that, but I can look at star Trek into darkness and say, yeah, but that guy could probably do a real good star Wars movie. You know, like you, you can see the logic in choosing him, but, uh, the others, I'm just kind of scratching my head.
2: Yeah. I don't know, The Ryan Johnson one's weird. Like brothers bloom and looper, which I didn't care for either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, Ryan Johnson has has made himself uh, put himself back in a good light with, I guess, his work on Breaking Bad, which I'm not familiar with. I I haven't watched that yet, but I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. George Lucas being the only one who kind of wrote and directed himself in the series that they're giving it to, to this guy.
3: Uh, I mean, it could be great. I don't know. We'll just have to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm, I'm just, I need to see more before I can get to... Yeah, uh...
1: I, it's one well, of, as we've said in, in recent State of the Empires, it's so hard to evaluate most of this because we haven't seen a single film yet. Like, yeah. we can, the story group, they spend some beautiful stories about yeah. how this is going down, about how the world's working together, and we can get excited about it, but we haven't seen proof.
3: Well, you know, I mean, you know what? On the flip side, with Rogue One, Gareth Edwards... I didn't really care much for Godzilla. And, yeah, and, and, yeah, but it, it's not it's not a bad movie. There
1: was just like, there were so many moments where it's like a misstep, but but the the first act of that film was one of the best things I saw oh, last yes. year. Yes. Oh my
3: goodness. So, yes. I will go on about the first act of Godzilla and how amazing it is, and then it just gets a little weird where it's like it tries to whatever. This isn't a Godzilla podcast, but the point the point being like ryan johnson and like uh colin trevorrow i was not that excited about gareth edwards just because of godzilla but everything that's been coming out about it i'm
1: just like i'm i love it i believe in him yeah i I can't help it yeah (laughs) that's the the same way he's too cool like just looking at his vacation photos in uh tunisia like at at, at celebration like and i know colin trevorrow is a huge star wars fan
3: so i mean like i'm i'm giving yeah don't don't get me wrong i'm giving them all benefit of the doubt I just don't know. We just gotta see. Whereas with Carrot Edwards, for whatever reason, uh maybe it's because I saw him at Celebration. I'm I'm more willing to, to get excited for that. I don't know.
2: Yeah. He had at D twenty three he had a, a little video message to everybody and uh they were filming on in a on a desert planet. He said he was about to go film the first scene of the movie, which also I, I still don't believe. I feel like they've been filming a little longer no. than they lead on. Yeah,
1: they probably are. Yeah.
2: But uh, you know, he said hi to everybody at D twenty three and it was if I had to describe the environment they were filming in, very Junlan's waste, like it—it it was desert canyony. I don't think, like, mm. I really doubt that they're in Tunisia because things over in Tunisia are awful.
3: Jaku, perhaps,
2: <sighs> you know, if I had to, based on what we're now speculating, at least we, as in the the, the Star Wars fandom, a lot of people believe Diego Luna might be playing Biggs Darklighter and if they're really trying to set this up as a possible spin-off franchise, that there could be future Rogue One movies. Um, well, actually, that wouldn't really work with Biggs, now would it? Yeah, nah. I about to say, yeah. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's some stuff, if it is, in fact, Biggs, that they might have a little something take place on Tatooine, which would upset me, because that, that planet is really not the furthest. Away in the galaxy, I'm beginning to think that is the, actually the, the, the central wells
3: run dry. It is, yeah. yeah, the wells run dry on Tatooine.
2: Gosh, I was upset when I started to see all the uh, the concept art for for episode seven in the desert, and then yeah. all of a sudden everything you know they were filming in in uh, out in in uh, Abu Dhabi or you know wherever they were. And I was like, oh, no. I was
3: upset when he went back in
2: Attack of the Clones.
3: I was like, Are we really fucking back here again? Yep. Attack of the Clones? Like wh- how? How many times do we have to go back here? What a Once
2: weird misstep game. with Return of the Jedi, by the way. Like, why did we have to go back to Tatooine? For Jabba the Hutt? I, but, but we didn't have any Jabba prior to... Like, no job on Tatooine. Some mentions of him.
1: Jedi was fine until the prequels made sure that we were sick of Tatooine.
2: Yeah. It, it, felt, it felt
1: like... Cyclical, well, he also did, well,
3: well, there was the deleted scene where he had to go back to build the lightsaber because he probably had to get the instructions from like Kenobi's house or some shit. Luke having to build yeah. his own lightsaber. I
2: don't know. It's just, I mean, uh, other than you know believing that. You know, just that, like, oh, that we've we've filmed there before. Why don't we just also reuse establ-
3: No, Yeah, no, that's true. But, I mean, like, that's, you know, the real-world explanation is, like, well, we always have the desert. We can always go back to the desert. Yeah. But, like, in, you know, in the universe, it's just like, well, Jabba the Hutt's going to live in the Outer Rim territories, you know? It's like where the Empire's not going to really give a shit. So I can easily see that. It's better than inventing a whole new planet and you have to go to a whole new biome. It's like, where are you going to go? You've already been done the jungle. You do the, you do the forest. You do the snow. You've done the desert. What are you going to do next, you know?
2: Where episode seven, we're going back to desert, but it's not Tatooine. I mean, they could have even done that. I was just, I mean, I guess. So we're going back to
1: snow, but it's not Hoth. Yeah.
2: Well, it looks, but it looks foresty. Like the, it looks like there's, there's still, you know, Trees life. And it, it looks like it's simply winter in a, for, in a you know, forested climate.
1: Yeah. Well, actually. It looks- even
0: on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Let's, let's, switch, let's talk about episode seven right now. So I'm going to preface this by saying you could kind of consider this the spoiler zone uh, if you're concerned about any information about Episode seven and hearing things, we're gonna speculate an awful lot right here, and so watch yourself. Are we gonna are we gonna open the blast doors? Close the blast doors? Have we figured out what to call this this thing yet? When we're going into the spoiler territory, uh, well, we're gonna open the blast doors. Let's let's open them. Open the blast doors. Open the blast doors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the blast doors are open. Uh, watch out! Here there be spoilers. So we got we got lots of information. We got we got to confirm that yes, Kylo Ren did build his junky ass lightsaber. Um, he is. Obsessed with Darth Vader. And Kylo Ren is not his real name. It's a name that is much like Darth Vader's, you know, like a, a title. Um, and he took it from the Knights of Ren. And there's actually something that, that Matt recently stumbled across that was that's really strange involving Kylo Ren's name.
2: Yeah, the, the Droids cartoon series featured Kaibo Ren.
1: And it's just, it's, it's not the same. It's not spelled the same at all, but it's so phonetically similar. It's just a weird impossible coincidence I want to say.
2: but it's because he has a longer name, but like his nickname was Kaibo Ren. Kaibo Ren is in the middle of of his name and that was just what he was commonly referred to as. It's just very uh, it's it's a weird thing that no one has brought up. Just like no one's brought up the the Captain Phasma being from a Star Wars fan film, which is kind of, you know.
1: Wait. Oh back that up i haven't heard that well so was the title the force awakens that's a star wars fan film as well also i'm fairly certain that we can officially say the pronunciation is phasma right because yeah, it's phasma. based on phantasm
3: yeah yeah I, I, that, that's what i've been saying
2: uh oh i'm sorry it wasn't a fan film it was a, a piece of fan fiction called tarkin's fist <laughs> i don't it, think i want to hear anymore i don't want to
3: hear any more about it <laughs> yeah
2: yeah hmm, i don't know uh that would be kind of awesome. It was J.J. Uh, Abrams' <laughs> favorite piece of erotic Star Wars fan fiction.
1: <laughs> and, and was it just a name that happened to be in there? Or was it like, you know, a chrome stormtrooper called Phasma? I
2: right. don't know further than that. I know it's interesting that they're both um, captains. That's true. Also that Phasma is female, which is a unique feature of, you know, Gwendolyn Christie playing this this character is that, you know, it's our first confirmation that any... Sort of a female person has you know donned any sort of clone trooper stormtrooper armor before? At least you know within the context of the film, obviously.
1: I mean, are female stormtroopers a normal thing in an expanded universe content, or you know, former expanded <sighs> universe content?
2: I want to say that it's not unheard of, but I don't think there's anyone notable that I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, so basically, it's just it's just interesting that there's been some weird name coincidences, and I do honestly believe they are coincidences. But it's just odd. The Force, you know, is a very mysterious thing.
3: <laughs> well, it's like really odd in uh, Into Darkness with that guy named Khan. And there was another villain in Star Trek called Khan. There's really nothing like that Khan. So, you know, coincidence. I hear you. Uh.
1: <laughs> so the Knights of Ren are the thing that he took his name from. And there's some images of them, which we'll link to. And they look, uh, they look intense. We don't know what they are, but this could be like, uh, you know, old school Sith stuff. And Abrams goes on to say, uh, I think there are two sides to the Force. Both sides arguably would see themselves as hero of their story. And I think that applies here. Which is interesting because we've been talking about, in all our speculation leading up to this film, about how Force Awakens may actually outline the conflict between uh, Jedi and Sith and what that all actually means.
2: I hope so, because we still don't have within the context of what is considered canon or even expanded universe. I mean, it's very difficult to pin down what created this, you know, cent- thou- you know millennia long conflict. And I think it would be a neat approach to not give us a good background until seven movies in. You know, if you can give me something, con- you know, convincing and tied all together, I think um, that would be a good idea, I guess.
1: So, I, the, what, I'm, what I'm getting here, and I, we've, we've hinted at it before, I feel like Kylo Ren is a weepy, angry, sithy, <laughs> Darth Vader fanboy, um, and he's maybe Luke's kid. And he's all like, dad, you're like so like good and like granddad was so like cool. And why could you be more like him? And I'm going to put on granddad's old mask. And because uh, J.J. Abrams said that uh, it was a d- intended nod to Vader for Kylo Ren. He's like, yeah, you know, I just want to be real badass like grandpa. And you're so like boring. It'd, it'd be I mean, on one
3: hand, that's kind of cool. But on the other hand, it. it- can we just get over the fucking family drama of the Skywalker lineage? It's like, Oh, I'm your father. Oh, I'm you're not my dad. And just like, and then again with Luke, can Luke have a single relative? That's not princess Leia. Or even with princess Leia, a fucking revelation about, it's like, Oh, they're not who you thought you were. You thought your dad was this. He's actually this. Didn't know you had a sister. You have a sister. Is your son this? He's no, he's really this.
1: It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, what the fuck? Can't this guy just
3: have a, a, just an inkling of happiness in his life? I mean, I, 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 but I, I would, the drama
1: l- runs strong in my family.
3: Well, <laughs> I would prefer it if it, if Kylo Ren was a uh, solo's kid at this point. Well, it could be. Yeah. But the same thing goes like grandpa was so much cooler than you. No, that part. Yeah, sure. Fine. But it's, but it's now it's uncle crazy old uncle Lou. You know what I mean? Like the hermit guy, you yeah. know, who's off doing his own thing instead of like directly the dad, like all these fucking Jedi having kids. I don't know. It's weird. Makes more sense to me that, I mean, you know, Han and Leia got busy. Well, Moderately busy at least.
2: Yeah, cer- certainly some uh celebratory indoor sex, you would think.
3: <laughs> yub yub. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, does not sound like it sounds like what the Ewok population is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chief Chirpa officiated.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> I uh I don't know. It's it it's interesting because both uh, supposedly Ray, Finn, and Poe were all cast with according to JJ Abrams, no my you know nothing in his head about race which is great from the standpoint of of casting but also does that tell us a lot about the story is the fact that they don't have last names on any merchandise indicative of something sinister and revealing who they are or is it simply a famed jj abrams likes to have fun with his marketing and everything else type yeah
1: he said there's a reason and that reason could be so you'll speculate but again I'm always pointing to Into darkness everything else lead up into darkness Actually there's a quote they left out of Entertainment Weekly JJ said um, well I, I I left the names out specifically to give State of the Empire something to do <laughs> <laughs> I, I know those guys Will get up to trouble if they don't have more information on their hands So I just want to really like you know lead them down a wild goose chase. Well, th- yeah, well, yeah, well, we'll thank again. you
2: JJ Because it has kept me up a little bit at night Like these are the things it's, I, it's I think smoke about
1: and mirrors man Smoking mirrors just to get us talking <laughs> Kazdan says, um, in in regards to Kylo Ren, there's never been a character quite like him. I think you're going to see something that's brand new to the saga. He's full of emotion. (laughs) No matter how... Just like that guy who's called Khan and Into Darkness (laughs) is full of emotion. No matter how we express ourselves in the world, whether we hide it and act very calm or whether we're very out there and demonstrative, everybody's roiling with emotion and you want your characters to be that way too. Then they have to deal with their emotions the best they can with what they are. Uh, and which is weird because, like, I don't know. Kazdan turned down the prequels. I think maybe he didn't ever watch them. Maybe he doesn't know. We're like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> like a plenty of emotion there.
2: Yeah, it, it's weirdly reminiscent of sort of like a, 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 a like a Jason Solo belief where, like, oh, I'm I'm a dark sider, but I don't like I don't believe that there's light and dark. Use the force. Us. It's really just an intention.
3: Yeah, like that 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 exploration. Would be cool. It would. I'm just not expecting. Well,
2: it's strange too because the thing that made Jason Solo intriguing was he was kind of emotionless in that regard. It was like, well, Force Lightning is referred, you know, is is considered like a dark side thing, but I'm using Force Lightning to save innocence or who he perceives to be innocent. So it's not dark. It's just a you know power of the Force, and that was an interesting thing they started to explore until it turned out it was the Sith sort of like planting a worm in his head about, you know, power for power's sake and everything else and he eventually became a Sith Lord. But, Jason Solo wasn't emotional about it and it sounds like Kylo Ren, it sounds like kind of has the same way, like, it's not a new thing for a bad guy to believe they are the good guy in any sort of fiction. I mean, it usually makes for a very compelling bad guy, but if his actions don't convince me otherwise that he could be, like, I, I don't know, it's a weird, like, both Abrams and Kasdan, the way they're describing it. You know, if he, just because he believes he's the good guy, but he's like force choking, you know, in he's still evil to me. Right. So, uh, you know, hopefully it's not just displayed in his emotions and, and dialogue, but it's actually something compelling about, you know, the, 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 the things he does.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll just we'll see when the movie comes out. I mean, the, there's hints that he's I mean, are, 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 he's taken. Is he going to take the mask off? Is he going to soliloquy? What's he going to you know, what's it going to be? <laughs> Uh, we 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 don't see how this character is going to be handled, so I yeah. I just don't want a repeat of what they tried to do with Anakin in the prequels. Yeah, it, it's... I'm angry be, because of of this, and oh, oh, I'm so mad I could be Sith, you know. And then,
1: <laughs> and then they do, you know. Oh. We've seen that. Now, Luke Luke Skywalker is not the main character of this film, by virtue of the outlines we've been reading. He may be featured practically not at all. He might be the main like, the main old-school character in the next film, but all signs point to Han being a primary character, Leia being a secondary character, and Luke practically not being in the movie. Um, This could be wrong, because there's so much we haven't seen, Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like, likely, the Han is gonna be heavily featured, and then, as we mentioned in prior episodes, and here's the biggest spoiler of them all, if you're just tentatively listening to this, Han is gonna die. Um, Which I'm still hoping is, like, smoke and mirrors, because I love Han Solo. However, Mm the thing that Kathleen Kennedy said to get J.J. Abrams to direct this film after... he After she told him how much money he would make. Well, I mean, this is... <laughs> uh, hold on, let's, let's be real. Hold on, <laughs> so, yeah, after, after that. But he, he already turned it down like twice. Yeah, that's true. She said, who's Luke Skywalker? Meaning, who is he now 30 years later? And, to which she reportedly, J.J. replied, according to Kennedy, oh my God, I just got the chills. I, I'm in. Fine, let's do it. So, if... If the if the question of who is Luke Skywalker thirty years later is what got him into it, maybe all that stuff I just said is totally wrong. Yeah. Maybe Luke is a major player in this film
3: because yeah, because here's the, I I hope that that's true in a way because it's like who is Luke Skywalker? Oh my god, I just got chills. I'm in, and you know what? Fuck that. Let Ryan Johnson direct that movie. It's like what? That doesn't make sense.
2: I think I think the way Abrams deci- has decided to interpret this is who is Luke Skywalker is in the myth of Luke Skywalker. Like, I have a feeling a lot of the movie is going to be about like, you know, chasing down what he became. Like, you know, we've heard a lot about flashbacks. We've heard a lot about, you know, things like that. I don't think it means that he's going to play a lot into the film. Personally, I just think it, it will revolve around Kylo Ren because, you know, he's chasing this lightsaber supposedly that belonged to Luke and also, you know, belonged to Anakin before him. The new people coming into their own. I think we're going to come across Han saying he lost touch with his buddy years ago. I think Leia's is going to say, oh, I lost my brother. I think it's the idea of what happened to this legend.
3: The, the legend. Yeah. And then in the second one, it's the man behind the legend yeah. sort of thing. Because, I mean, you're talking, I mean, I'm only just now thinking about it. But if you want to talk about the legend of Skywalker, this is the guy who blew up the Death Star probably killed the emperor as far as the rest of the universe is concerned then became a jedi knight when there were no other jedi knights i mean it it sounds epic as hell you know like like it doesn't sound like this guy could actually exist so i can see the the draw to that
2: quite frankly i wouldn't be surprised if we found out that he had 15 to 20 years of other heroics yeah liberating coruscant and you know everything else that
3: may, may maybe training other Jedi Knights, you know, like, uh, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a whole bunch of Jedis in the movie, but like, uh, he had to have at least started training somebody. I, maybe that's somebody's Kylo Ren.
1: Unless he got, unless something happened where he was like, you know what? Uh, this is no, the, let's, the force could be the force, but like every, the more he, the deeper he goes into what like a Jedi is. He'm like, he's like, I'm not prepared for this. It's not me. I don't really know what the force should be. Maybe, there's a reason that all this happened and I should just step away from it and see, you know, like people Mm will have force powers and they can figure it out. It's, it's a, it's interesting. There's a, there's a lot of possibilities now. And we thought, we thought we knew everything. And then it turns out we, uh, we don't, but uh, let's go back to the Han dying thing. We have, we have a lead. Yeah. And now I'm hoping this lead is intentionally put there on purpose to make us all think Han's going to die. It's a a weird lead. You guys, you're not going to believe it. It's a spiral notebook from Walmart. Yeah, and and it, it's a Chewbacca themed spiral notebook, presumably out there to get that Force Awakens money for yeah. that back to school. The, the, the kind that
3: you know, the kind you would buy for your kid. Your kid's like, I want Chewbacca on my notebook. You're like, Oh, all right, kiddo. Here you go. And you hand you hand the hand them you hand them this little spiral notebook that just got it's it's a montage of just collage of pictures of kind Chewbacca, of
1: poorly photoshopped yeah. stills yeah. from this movie specifically. Yeah, but. In the corner Yeah uh, In the corner And we'll, we'll link to where you can see this There's a shot of Chewie and Ray In the cockpit of the Falcon With Chewie piloting And they both look miserable Yeah And <laughs> Han's not there
3: <laughs> it's, it's really Like they both look like They've seen some shit Han isn't there And it's Chewie even looks like
1: And he's Chewie yeah. So like you, It's hard to read his emotions But even he looks like Oh my god Yeah <laughs> i don't uh, yeah it's like he looks like
3: he failed his life debt <laughs> you know what i mean it's like he made, he made a life that i will one day i'm gonna stick with you till i save your life and i fucking failed after how many goddamn years Ugh. i don't know man
2: but who wants to be the kid that has the the han just died notebook? i don't know <laughs> and not only that who what idiot
3: has access to that photo and just slaps it on the notebook cover (laughs) like who who let that loose and and even if you did and it was approved who let it loose
2: early before the movie there's we're missing something i like maybe it was just a dumb photo they put. i it just it can't that's like that's like a quadruple mistake i tell
1: you what if that ends up being it it's going to be hard for us to all not burst out laughing as soon as we see that particular oh, show. No, no, it's going to hurt if it happens. It'll hurt,
3: but I'm just going to be like just <laughs> wringing my, my hands just like just out of anger like that, that, that they would let that out or at least
1: hint at it. Even people who pick it up, they don't even think twice about it. It still is like, it's a clue. I don't like it. Mm. Uh, the last thing we have for episode seven is uh, Drew Struzan, the guy who uh, does, well, the most famous... Movie posters, paintings. yeah, <laughs> for for all of all of cinema, but but he's also done all of the Star Wars films. Uh, he's seen part of the movie, like half of it, really. Yeah, and uh, and he, he he put out a new poster that was exclusive, at least for the time being, to uh, to D twenty three. You got one, Matt, right?
2: I did, I did.
1: You lucky duck. uh it's
2: pretty pretty wonderful.
1: So he says, um, JJ showed him like half the movie, and it was just a wonderful film and I know it's going to be grand. I got to read the script, and subsequently I've seen half of it, and I can tell you and the fans this. Honest to God, it is far and away probably going to be the best Star Wars you've ever seen. It's beautifully made, and it's a wonderful story. Now, I don't know what Struzan's opinions are like. Maybe he you know, know really likes Jurassic World. Yeah, maybe (laughs) he does. Yeah,
3: who knows? Yeah. But... Maybe he really likes the prequels. That's
1: a heck of a quote yeah yeah like a lot i've done all the posters for all the star wars movies and this is better than the best ones yeah and those films
3: and he's only seen half of it that's like to say i've only seen half of a movie and i'm telling you it's already the best one it's like that's pretty bold man we've seen half of it and he's read the script yeah but yeah you know i mean i could have read the script for godzilla and probably thought it was still amazing you know (laughs) but the, the halfway mark if you showed me half of godzilla turned it off and said what do you think of that movie i'm like that may be the best movie of the year <laughs>
1: it's like I it would
3: honestly be like holy crap i need to see the rest of this and then if you show me the second half it's like "Oh, okay it's fine
1: all right so we still got some more stars to talk about but uh i always like to shake things up for where and when a willow watch happens it's willow watch time
2: oh yeah oh my god
1: all right okay are you guys ready for this Doug, you know this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt you, you don't know this yet. I've uh, been talking to Bob Dolman the past couple days. Okay. The screenwriter for Willow. Uh-huh. We've been trying to put together the all Willow Watch episode for over a year now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to jinx us or anything, but it's totally happening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's incredible.
1: so at the very least, we're going to have screenwriter Bob Dolman... And Alan Varney, the guy who wrote the Willow Source book, Dropping Truth Bombs About Willow. Look forward to that, as I've always said, as soon as we can. But this time, oh man, it's on right now.
2: That's a hell of a catch there. Yeah,
1: (laughs) do you guys think we may actually get just a hint at like a Willow Story Bible? That's the hope. I mean, we're going to be talking to both of them about their experiences, and we've seen throughout all of our investigations in a willow hints, there's clues so much information yeah. that is concurrent across different mediums of storylines that never appeared in the movie at all there's got to be more there and we want to know all about it and the bones have spoken which he said himself <laughs> <laughs> and uh i cannot wait to pick their respective brains about all the the willow secrets out there and uh, if we verify that there's, um, there's information out there... Like that, a hidden tome of knowledge about all things Willow? Yeah, it's just confirmation of everything we've come to believe here at State of the Empire that a Willow sequel is easily achievable. We just need someone at Disney to say yes to it, mm-hmm. and the material is already there. The script is not yet written, but you can hand it off to any burgeoning young director and get yourself a Willow movie, though preferably they would hand it off to Ron Howard. Yeah, but if he's not interested, I'm sure they'll get, I mean, get anyway. And, you know, and, yeah. bo- and maybe Bob Dolman. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. Thus ends Willow Watch, but, oh my God. <laughs> Interview with Bob Dolman, a Willow story. <laughs> Last but not least, let's crack open the toy chest. When we return with State of the Empire, it will be in the wake of Force Friday. The day that all the new merch hits the stands. The new action figures, the new books. I don't know how fast we can read Star Wars Aftermath. I don't, you know, we'll see. Maybe it'll leak. We can get some cliff notes or something. But uh, we're going to hit you up right after that as soon as we can. And we were planning on, you know, going to the toy stores and uh, getting the details and the action figures and everything. Well, I don't know. We may actually know everything that's coming out right now. What we don't know is what's written on the back of their, uh, all of their respective packaging because some of them have actually already hit ebay we saw a phasma and a kylo Ren hit ebay sold for a measly hundred dollars a piece what only a hundred bucks like buy it now i think the goal was get it on ebay and sell it immediately before uh disney like, it takes like it down, I guess.
3: yeah well that's you know hundred bucks i guess whatever it seems
1: like it's worth a lot more than that i, I mean it won't be but right now it is yeah so. good point yeah Anyway, uh, we, we, know, we know some things. There's actually a full Hasbro catalog that, I don't know, was it officially released, Matt, or was it a leak?
2: Uh, it appears to be a leak.
1: If that's still up, we'll link to it on this episode's page. It's, uh, you know, it's basically like the, uh, the Christmas catalog for Star Wars. Oh, what do you, what do you want? What kind of lightsaber you want? <laughs> what kind of Kylo Ren mask you want? Um, and, and all the action figures.
2: Now, I, don't, I think the Kylo Ren, I don't know if it was the mask... I believe it was The Mask. It has a voice changer, apparently. So
1: oh. it seems
2: that Kylo will have some sort of augmented voice. That, that's a tough one, I have to say, to do that sort of thing with a, with a villain in a Star Wars movie because you, know, you just have a lot to go up against because you know James Earl Jones was so freaking... I mean, that might... Probably the most iconic voiceover work possibly ever done in cinema. And you, know, you, ha- you have to kind of follow that up in a manner of speaking. I remember when, I mean, it's not, it wasn't nearly the impact because, you know, George Lucas added a new villain for every single prequel. So it didn't have the same impact, but Grievous apparently was supposed to be Gary Oldman, I believe at first. But then (laughs) Matthew Wood, who was the the head sound designer, Academy Award winner, you know, had been doing, I mean, a a whole bunch of stuff. Did the voice just for for Tess? prior to getting Gary Oldman in studio, and Lucas and everybody else there loved it so much that they just kept him on, and he also continued to voice him through Clone Wars. And I'd say it, it, they did a good, a good job, I think, at least vocally for Grievous. But I'm guessing if he does have an that it's going to be Adam Driver's voice, even though that wasn't the case for David Prowse and James Earl Jones. So it'll be interesting.
1: Maybe uh, if there isn't any Kylo Ren you know, audio that comes out, like a trailer or something um, to go with Force Friday, we can get ourselves one of these masks and try to figure out what the hell he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might be, uh, if I didn't know about the voice changer, that might be the one thing that I am really committed towards buying on Force Friday just to, just to screw around with it and, and record the next state of the Empire while wearing
3: that <laughs> mask. <laughs> I'll put on the Darth Vader one. You can put on that one.
1: <laughs> so, insofar as the action figures, uh, we're seeing a lot of the main characters. We got. Finn and Ray, both in their Jakku wear, which we've seen. Kylo Ren, Poe Dameron, Captain Phasma, X-Wing pilot, First Order uh, pilots, the gen- General Hux from the First Order, PZ4CO, uh, who's uh, Leia's droid, actually, who she nick- is nicknamed, like, shortened to PZ. There's all kinds of, like, you know, extra details floating around there about, like, you know, minutia details with that and how it all fits together. We got a character named Goose Tours and Sarco Plank, like desert people?
2: I have some sudden speculation dawning on me based on this catalog, by the way.
1: Bring your awakening to all okay, of Okay,
2: so yeah, the, there's been an awakening. Let's see if, <laughs> if you guys can feel it too. <laughs> we have...
1: <laughs> Let's say that every time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the most prevalent rumors regarding Han's demise have it occurring late in the film, clearly. you know, It, it wouldn't have the same impact if it's early. It would be kind of, you know, how do you focus on the rest of the film? Now... We have Finn labeled as Jakku, and if I'm, I, I can't seem to find it. But I thought I remember also seeing a reference to Ray's character being labeled in that outfit as Jakku Ray. Yes, that to me signifies that if Han were to die, it would be on Jakku, and Jakku seems like it occurs early in the film. There was also rumors that the Snow Planet was just a different part of Jakku.
3: Oh, that could be interesting.
2: That, well, there was, there's been rumors that the entire movie takes place in this area because that the, the snow environment, the, the village in the beginning, the, you know, the, the, the desert environment that Ray has found, that it's all Jakku. I,
3: that would be really cool if it's just like they get out of the desert and then it's like, oh, well, uh, we need to go to the other part of the planet. You mean there's another part to this planet <laughs> and then they go to a snowy area? I would love that.
2: But I don't think you label the figures Jakku if it all takes place on Jakku.
3: Well, to differentiate for the sequel films. <laughs>
2: uh, I don't... Well, I mean, they do say Force Awakens on them, I believe. True. But I, I don't... I just have... I, I just... I gotta believe that Rey undergoes a costume change at some point.
1: Right. Though the depressed uh, picture with her and Chewie in the cockpit, she was still wearing what we know as her yeah, Jakku, Jakku outfit. outfit, yeah.
2: Well, that's what I mean, is if... If Han was going to die, the most that I've seen, you know, rumor-wise when it happens is during the final battle on this snow planet. And I can't imagine them escaping. I mean, maybe Han doesn't make it that far. Maybe Han does die before, you know, we, we get off Jakku. Or at least before she gets out of the Jakku outfit. But... I, I don't know. I, I got to if if they're going to kill Han, it's got to be Kylo Ren, or maybe Boba Fett makes a surprise appearance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jabba the Hut sends his regards. And then
3: <laughs> <Boba>. um, <laughs> Thirty years ago, <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I don't know. Is some random character going to off Han? I, I don't think so. And
3: TK four two one. Yeah,
2: it doesn't seem, at least from rumors we've been reading, that Kylo Ren's going to come across them.
1: I, I, I'm double checking the Hasbro thing. Now, there's two lists I'm looking at. I'm looking at the, the itemized list on makingstarwars.net. That's where I got Ray Jakku. Now, I'm over on the Hasbro thing. We got another uh, Ray outfit over here. It's, it's oh, Ray really? Starkiller Base.
2: See? There we go. Okay, so okay, so they are calling it Starkiller Base, which is a big deal, by the way, that we're, we're figuring this out for sure based on the, the Hasbro catalog. But that right there is Han really going to die on Jakku, or at least soon after Jakku?
1: Uh, Starkiller base we can assume is the military facility in the snowy
2: place which we've seen which we believe is, is the Taco Bell planet right yes like that's what we're yeah Taco Bell
1: Taco Donna, where, uh, where Maz's castle is oh also we should we should mention before we get further along uh, it seems as though the uh, Darth Vader was for, we mentioned in the previous episode the Darth Vader action figure was a false alarm because all, there's also a Bespin Luke so, unless there is a highly unconventional flashback in Star Wars, we will not be seeing. I mean, it's just, they're just buffering the, uh, the first wave with uh, figures, that... classic figures that anybody that be, would know, want to collect.
2: I, I think it's a good idea, those two also, because the movie features Vader's mask and Anakin's lightsaber. So, you know, and, and you know, being the Best Bin lightsaber that Luke uses. So, I think that's, that's cool that technically parts of those figures will appear in The Force Awakens. That's
3: <laughs> true.
1: Uh, and there's also a uh, Jedi Luke that appears as part of. It. There's this catalog has a lot of action y action figure stuff in here, the likes of which I haven't seen in Star Wars figures in a long time.
2: Yeah, every, uh, everybody's try like trying to over speculate based on like weird vehicles and things like that. Th- there's
1: and... there's vehicles that that look the, like the kind of vehicles that are like modular little accessory vehicles that don't really exist. Like they've popped up all throughout Star Wars history. Uh, some of which have been integrated into the action figure lines, like, for example, the Imperial Transport, which was added into Rebels. Um, but uh, the Armor Up figures are characters that are wearing perfectly sane costumes, but also come with extra armor. You can put extra armor onto your First Order Stormtrooper or Flame trooper. Yo dog, who do you like armor? <laughs>
2: It, what's what's ridiculous is how much people really are reading into that type of figure or vehicle.
1: That's so stupid. There's no, it's nothing. It means nothing. You can put extra armor on Boba Fett. You can put some kind of fucking Tuscan Raider looking shit on Jedi Luke Skywalker, like as in From Return of the Jedi. It's preposterous. It's dumb. But what's what's weird is there was a thing that I saw and I was like, that's totally like action figure googly gook nonsense. And it's kind of like a personalized ATST, like a tiny walker for one dude. You know. And it is actually, it shows up in not just the, uh, the, the regular action figure line, but also in different, different lines, such as the, uh, the 12 inch figures also have one of these things. And there's also speeder bikes that, you know, maybe they're in the film, maybe they're not, but they, they occur across different, um, platforms like micro machines, 12 inch figures as well. So there's a speeder bike chase somewhere in here. And there's also (laughs) fucking... Like, the, the Imperial equivalent of, like, a Segway, basically, but with two chicken walker legs. It, I don't know. It looks dumb as hell.
2: Yeah, if it's the, the same figure I I'm, I'm, remember seeing, I actually had a conversation with uh, Matthew Downham on uh, how I actually think the, the, the walkers look terrible in this movie. That's not going to be a cool design choice. Unless, you know, in action they look cooler than everything I've seen so far as far as figures and, like, very, very tiny shots in the trailer. The walkers could use some work.
1: And uh, we also saw another Micro Machines uh, transforming playset. It's an R2-D2 that folds out into a undetermined snowy location where, um, you know, presumably something attached to Starkiller Base or something like that. It kind of looks like it's a bunch of ice caves, but then there's also some sort of little base stuff as well. Uh, there's a First Order, order Snowspeeder. And, I mean, really just some stuff that if I looked at it and didn't know there was a new film coming out, I'd say it was a Hoff playset, but it's not. Not a lot of wording or details there. I don't know what to make of it. The uh the the ray at Starkiller base is maybe the uh one of the most telling things that there is on
2: here. How oh, the the sorry the the hand stuff is really starting to to get to me. I'm just trying to like you know glean as much as we can from these figures, but I, I have a, the circular base thing makes me feel really confident that he's he's going to make it. I just don't think they'll kill him off prior to the final act of the film.
3: So wait, are you saying that you think that he's going to make it through the whole movie, or that he's going to make it to a point?
2: I will say I think that that image used on the on the Walmart spiral notebook of infamy is not related to Han dying. I think,
3: uh, but 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 use the thinking he's still going to die.
2: I will say it becomes shakier every day that he is going to die. I feel people punch holes in various theories more often the the longer they last and the more information comes out. I'm hoping that when we get the full length trailer, possibly in two weeks around force Friday, that we'll have some like shots of him, at least in the Starkiller base spec, you know, that area of the, of the film that like,
3: maybe they're going to pull like some, um, uh, some cheap Marvel move where like, uh, with Nick Fury, you think he's dead? And it's just like, I'm just getting warmed up. It's like just just a you know, steps out of the shadows in the next movie. With Lando in tow. It's like, all right, everyone can relax. We're here.
2: Now, while I'm still confident, you know, via weird sort of merchandising evidence that he's at least gonna last that long, to kind of throw a little evidence in the other direction. At D twenty three, when they brought out Harrison Ford, the crowd I've never heard a crowd go crazier than that. Like it was it was definitely, you know, something special to see. And you don't really see Harrison Ford being very emotional of a person. I don't think he's that far off from Han and Indy as far as the way he goes about his public persona. And he was emotionally moved by the reception he was getting. People wouldn't sit down. The standing ovation went on and on and on. And he was like tearing up a little. He put his, his fingers to rub his eyes and he thanked everybody and everything. If there was, if you want to read in that this is like his Star Wars swan song, that might be the reaction, the reason why he was reacting the way he doesn't normally.
3: Well, it could also be because he's never experienced this much of an outpouring because he, he doesn't go to any of the Star Wars conventions. He's never been to any, any of it.
2: It's true. But I mean, it's just it it wasn't the way that he seemed at the comic con panel. I
1: don't know what to make of it. There's it's it's crazy. Like we felt really certain and now we're uncertain. Um,
3: now Misa thinking, me no knows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but the, the rumor was always that Han would die at the at Maza's castle during an escape which followed which technically follows the Star Killer base scene depending on who you ask, I think. So there's room for it. But then that then the, the scene on the Walmart notebook. Yeah, man, like, I don't know that that would have to take place. Like, uh, unless it,
3: Han is in the hallway about to step up like, oh, we told you we could outrun those imperial slugs you know, like that. Maybe because they witness a massacre. Yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Like
2: if they're still selling those notebooks by the time the movie comes out, there is no way that it's because he died. Because if people put that together and are speculating about it now, you pull that kind of crap. Like, like, take it off the shelf. It's a notebook. I don't think they're related.
1: I haven't been to Walmart yet, but I kind of want to get one. <laughs> just really, like, stare at it real hard.
2: <laughs> the worst part is that if it really is, that's the case. It's going to forever be known as the Walmart scene.
1: <laughs> for us, anyway. Or for all yeah. listeners of State of the Empire. <laughs> God, I was just bawling during the Walmart scene in Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Another interesting thing I got out of the D23 as far as merchandising was it was during the Disney Interactive panel. They uh, debuted the Infinity figures. You know, they showed off some of the...
3: Ah, uh, yes. They have
2: the, they have the two sets coming out. They have the, you know, Rise of the Empire and the... Or I don't know if it's called Rise of the Empire. I can't remember the, the two lines. But basically, it's a prequel, Clone Wars era, and then the original trilogy. And then they made a special surprise announcement at the end, that there will be Force Awakens uh, Infinity figures debuting with a Finn and a Rey um, figure. And then the bigger surprise was that they brought out John Boyega and Daisy Ridley to promote the figures.
1: I would like to point out that in the last episode, we told you this was going to happen. Yes.
2: And um, it was... First, John Boyega is adorable. He was freaking out because I, I don't... I, he said it was the first time that he's seen an action figure of himself. I don't know. Like, I find it hard to believe that he hasn't come across one of you know, his upcoming figures for, for First Friday, but maybe. So they, they both signed their individual Infinity figures that were on the stage, and then they went into the crowd and gave out those signed figures. And if you haven't seen this yet, it's worth looking up. Daisy Ridley's gave hers to a, a little girl that was dressed up as Princess Leia, and she had the buns. And then John Boyega gave, him, gave his figure to a little boy who was dressed as Darth Vader and then took a photo of Vader force choking him.
3: That's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, it is just adorable. And, you know, I, I really think that they casted two very charismatic leads. And I think they're... I love that the push for these movies has been boyega and ridley and not mark hamill and harrison ford and carrie fisher they had their moment at comic-con and everyone loved it but the fact that everyone's already embraced the the new three which i'm surprised we haven't seen more of oscar isaac is great i think for the series so uh that's the infinity story
1: that's very cool and very cute and uh and a good observation about the uh, the 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 actors, and in, in some ways, maybe they you know they they pick them for a, a multitude of reasons. And I'm really curious to see how they develop as you know, like looking at them as like this, the central characters for this new trilogy. Uh, it's so odd because you know they're they're performing without a net, like there's no there's no single creator whose vision this is, and it's also improvised. So it's hard to even say you know, what we can expect from them. There's, there's so much, we, we know, we know so little, we know so little, and we're, we're here in the mad dash. I mean, we've been talking about, we've been talking about stuff from just a week's worth of Star Wars information for the duration of a full episode. We usually spend this time covering months of content in a single episode. We've just been talking about the last, like, couple weeks of Star Wars news. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's only gonna get more. Yeah. It is. It's gonna get crazy. So, uh, we will see you in a few Just after Force Friday, watch out for the latest State of the Empire with another very radical announcement, but I'll leave that as a cliffhanger. I was going to say, more radical than Willow Watch? Um, you know, I don't know that it's more radical than Willow Watch. It's pretty radical, though. Fair enough. Taking us out is a track we've never played by Melody Sheep, the brains behind the Symphony of Science remix series. This is from his 2013 collection, Remixes for the Soul 2. And this track is called Feel the Force. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Matt. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master.
2: Jedi Master? Yoda. You seek Yoda. Yoda. Clear your mind of questions.
0: You must unlearn what you have learned.
1: That has been flows from,
2: from the force. That is the way of things. For my eye is a
1: force. And the powerful
0: ally it is. Its energy survives. It binds us. It binds us. The humanist means are we
2: not this true matter. You must be the force around you. For you will be a dream.
0: Energy is around. Surround. Survives us. I'm free. I'm free. i Adventure. Excitement. A Jedi craves not these things. For 800 years have I trained Jedi.
2: A Jedi strength. Those of the force, Humaner so not this true magic. I must be the
1: force around you, Dream you be Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsors. You can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we gotta cover